Good morning and welcome to another edition of The Walk. I'm Richard Price, Richard P. 1975 on Twitter. And this is episode 6. Thanks for joining me. Um, Tuesday morning again, so again a day later than my um, previous um, <clears throat> ritual of um, recording this show on a Monday morning. Second week in a row now, it's been a Tuesday. Very um, nippy this morning, but the sun's out and the sky's blue after some biblical rain last night. Very, very heavy. Um, I think it's going to get colder, but hopefully the rain will be um, just a passing thing. Okay, thank you um, for the feedback from my last um, show. I asked for people to send me examples of um, lies they've told or the best lies they've heard or, you know, examples of lying. Um, Only one respondee, actually. A bit disappointing, but, you know, I can't make people respond and... My download figures seem to prove that people are listening, so obviously if people don't want to participate, that's that's absolutely fine. Um, a friend of mine, a real-life friend of mine, um, Phil, known on Twitter as Gill Dweller, um, came back to me with some interesting um, lies. I think most of them are aimed at women. Um, probably what lies he's told is his wife or previous partners. Um, the first one, I think this is the one that amused me most. Um, Phil says, of course I won't come in you. I thought that was quite funny. Um, another one, which I know full well Phil, Phil will have used on his wife, is um, it costs less than you think, darling. Phil's got some um, expensive habits like playing golf and things like that. and He's quite prone to buying new equipment at the moment. I think um, he basically has to convince his wife that it costs a lot lots less than, than she thinks it did. Um, another lie Phil has told presumably to ex-partners. Um, of course, I feel the same way. There we go. Um, this one I like as well. I think we've all used this one in some circumstances. And that's why I'm perfect for the role. That's a, a job interview um, scenario there. That's why I'm perfect for the role. Um, so thanks, Phil, for those. I think there was one other. Yes, the other one, um, again, presumably something he says to um, his wife. Of course I'll be back for last orders. So, again, examples of... Um, tells us probably quite a lot about Phil's relationship with his wife and women in general. Sorry, Phil. You know I'm joking. Okay.
Also from last week, I promised you a diet update on a weekly basis. Tuesday's the day I weigh, so this is actually the first week um, I've given you a weight, a weight loss, having on the opening night of my um, attending the slimming club weighed in for the first time. I think I told you um, I was a stone lighter than I feared I might be and therefore it meant that I'd kept a stone off from the four that I'd lost um, over 18 months before. So, you know, that was positive. So I wasn't starting right back from where I was originally. Um, and that gave me a bit of a boost. Um, you know, I had a good first week, as I said, and apart from some indiscretions at the weekend, basically managed to keep on track. And the good news is that last Tuesday I weighed in and I had lost six and a half pounds in the first week, which was really pleasing, just under half a stone. And, um, you know, that was great. I've set myself an arbitrary target to lose two stone before Christmas. And obviously at that rate I would, I would manage it quite easily, but the chances are it won't continue at that rate. Probably my weight loss will slow down, but also I guess I'm going to find it harder the longer it goes on. I feel like I've had a really good week this week. Um, did have a bit of a blowout on Saturday with the lads, but hopefully because I combined it to the one day, and apart from that I've been very disciplined, very strict, I'm hoping for a decent weight loss. So let's um, hope I'm weighing in tonight, so we'll get the results of that next on next week's show. Um, apologies if it's a bit windy. Actually, it's not as windy today as it would have been had I recorded the show yesterday. Um, but I did get a comment from um, from Jim on Twitter yesterday, Jim Condon, somebody who I followed for a while, and he follows me, Calexico65 on Twitter. He said, um, now listening to Richard P. 1975 is the Walk podcast. Richard, this week walks to work in a wind tunnel. Well, I don't imagine where I live is anywhere near as windy as where you live, Jim, but yeah, we won't go into that. But yeah, it does, it is a problem with recording live, um, and without using specialist equipment, I've got no way of preventing wind interference and basically you know as we get towards the autumn and the winter it may well be something I'm gonna to have to rethink but at the moment I think I'll get away with it and so um you know I hope you don't mind everyone and particularly you Jim okay something I wanted to mention last night um, sorry, not last night, Sunday night, I um, was watching the IndyCar racing on, on Sky Sports, the Las Vegas Indy 300, and, you know, I think we've all seen pictures and footage by now, or certainly at least heard it in the news, 
the loss of um, a British former IndyCar champion, Dan Weldon, at the age of 33, leaves behind two very young children and a wife, um, twice former winner of the Indianapolis 500, the showpiece race of IndyCar. Um, a tragic loss. You know, I was watching the race live and I don't know, I don't want to be wise after the event because, you know, we only watch these kind of things because of the element of danger. Let's be perfectly honest about that. If they were sat in um, Citroen 2 CVs, we wouldn't really be that excited about the, um, the IndyCar racing. It's only because of its speed and relative danger that, um, you know, people do tune in and watch. So let's not be hypocritical about it now that someone's died. Although clearly, I think, you know, there are, there are questions to answer and, you know, if we can make it safer but without losing some of the excitement of the sport, and that's got to be the way forward. <coughs> but there's certainly been a lot of um, people commenting on this in the UK. People that haven't any interest in IndyCar racing and wouldn't have even known that race was happening last night if um, it hadn't been for the tragic loss of Dan Weldon. So I would say, you know, the Americans don't tend to comment on Formula One. It's something that they don't get too involved in, although they have, of course, more in recent years. And I think, really, it's not for us to be commenting too much on the safety um, of IndyCar racing just because it was a British driver that died. What difference does it make what country he was from? You know, if it's dangerous, they've got to look at it. Um, of course... Dan Wilder knew the risks, but that doesn't make it right that he lost his life. So I think there's lots of questions to, to answer, and I'm sure IndyCar will do that. And of course, with it being the last race of the season, they've got time to take stock and rethink, um, maybe. So, you know, rest in peace, Dan, and we're all thinking of you and your family, and it was a horrific accident, spectacular and horrific in equal measure and um, I certainly watching it thought you know it's a wonder these things don't happen more often um, but they don't and let's hope that continues great news yesterday regarding the Hillsborough tragedy. Um, if anything coming out of that can ever be considered good news, this, this would be it. Um, you know, it looks as if the families are finally going to get to know that the truth as it stands in certain documents that have been withheld um, for 22 years so let's just hope that you know there are 
there are some answers there and um, you know they managed to get some form of closure from what's held in those documents even though of course it will never take the pain away and bring their families back but you know I don't want to be giving politicians too much praise politicians got us into this mess in the first place um, I'm not suggesting they cause the deaths but I'm talking about the, the cover-ups and secrecy um, of the Thatcher government so you know well done to those politicians that have made a stand this time it's not politics it's people's lives and I think a few politicians have grasped that and I thank them for trying their best to ensure that the truth is told justice for the 96 staying on the subject of sport um, I'm sorry if it doesn't interest you it's not a sports podcast so I do kind of apologize if this really doesn't interest you um, my own club Everton you know really disillusioned at the moment I mean it's bad enough that we're in the financial mess that we seem to be in but a real um, a real sort of indication of just how bad that's got is that we've now re-signed a player that we sold two or three years ago um, for a few million because he wasn't really good enough and somebody else wanted to pay the money um, and now you know a championship club doesn't want him and we step in and take him back for nothing and okay there's not much risk to it it doesn't cost us a lot I can't imagine he's going to be on huge wages and clearly it hasn't cost us a, a fee and I suppose there are some benefits with him coming back to the club certainly from both sides um, rather than going somewhere else and taking that risk but frankly he wasn't good enough then I can't imagine how he's going to be good enough now and the fact that he's been rejected by the club Birmingham City that bought him in the first place um, now they're in the championship just tells me you know what on earth are we doing but then we do need something to happen because you know at the moment you know we're not scoring goals you know we're playing badly we've just lost three on the spin albeit you know difficult matches against good teams but no it's not looking good I'm starting to feel the worst I have to be honest and people say oh no Everton won't go down they're too good you know and maybe they are maybe they are but it certainly doesn't feel that way at the moment um, a couple of wins changes the picture somewhat but um, until those wins come I won't feel any better about where we are and where we're going so yeah doom and gloom for me as an Evertonian the club is just in the doldrums and it 
it's not good enough really to be treading water not when we can remember the glory days they were a long time ago now but they're still in far easier sort of memories reach than than a lot of clubs last periods of success so you know it, it, there's no reason to think that one day we couldn't get those those times back but at the moment it feels like a million miles away I guess Man City would have said that not so long ago but then one has to say do we want to end up like Man City it's a difficult one it's not really for me to answer there are far more loyal Evertonians than I um, to answer that question people that go week in week out live in the city live and breathe the club and I don't profess to be one of those so you know but I guess I do have a view on it and at the moment I'm feeling as if we're not moving anywhere other than down one um, one final thing um, shorter show today um, for those that know or don't know I write articles which end up on my blog eventually my blog richardp.wordpress sorry richardp1975.wordpress.com um, is my blog but actually before that um, I do tend to submit my better articles to Sabotage Times in the hope that they will publish um, and they have published quite a few of my articles I think there's at least five on there now so if you go on to Sabotage Times and look for me um, you will see my articles I have an author page as I'm classified as a saboteur and um, on that page you'll see all my articles and also on the front page at the moment my latest article um, entitled by Sabotage When Porn Was Fun um, it's one I'm particularly proud of I think it's a funny but also interesting article about um, the differences between when I was young growing up and, and what porn was smuggling magazines in past your parents um, you know finding old piles of magazines in the woods and swapping them at school and all those kind of things so, you know the fun that went with that versus the accessibility that youngsters have nowadays to you know graphic images um, at the touch of a button on handheld portable devices and computers and, and to me this, this isn't a good thing but you know obviously there is an argument there so have a look um, I have been posting links on Twitter so if you go on to Richard P 1975 on Twitter you should hopefully find some links to my Sabotage Times page okay that is all for now um, just one more thing quickly um, there is a community podcast coming up soon um, which I've been asked to get involved in where basically a number of us record sort of two to three minute um, monologues on a given subject and it's put together in one big podcast um, the first one because it's the first one um, the subject area was firsts so you know I was invited to talk about a first of some kind and um, I've done that and hopefully the podcast should appear in the next um, week or two 
if you go on to um, the Twitter page of Mr. John Rain, Mr. John Rain, he's been posting um, about this. So, you know, hopefully if you keep an eye on that, you should get to find out what's happening and, and when it's coming up. Okay, that is definitely all for now. Um, I've got to go into work. Thanks for listening to the show, and um, I'll see you again next week.